Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Okay, Teresa, how are you doing today? I'm good. You know, it's I'm hanging in, I should say. <laughs> hanging in. I'm I'm hanging in too. I tell you the truth. Um, um it's been um been a bit of a week. I, this um this COVID is just unrelenting, Teresa. Unrelenting. I know, and um, it's quite scary. And it is. It has really, you know, it's 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 a thing. I mean, we talk about it, we read about it, we hear about it on a daily basis. But um, something that's made it a bit more real for us in our household is trying to decide what to do about school. Well, you know? Oh yeah. That, oh, I'm Italian. I, I told you before, and it is true. I, I just have to give kudos to any parent with school age kids, college kids. I cannot imagine. First of all, I can't imagine how they are handling, first of all, having to do the homeschooling, the virtual schooling for the remainder of the school year, and then the decision about, okay, them going back to school. So that, that, that is just a lot. Yeah. My, my brother is, and his wife, they are giving care to their two grandkids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, One of them. hmm? Your brother? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. One One of, one of the grandkids is four years. Five, whatever age to start kindergarten mm-hmm. and super excited. Can't wait to go because, you know, he has a big sister who, who's a very smart girl and is doing very well and always walking around reading books. Yeah. He wants to be, he wants to be her. He wants yeah. to emulate her. Yeah. So he's super excited. But um, in the state that they live in, they're giving the parents a choice, either homeschool or send the kids to school. And of course, um, he, the, the little grandson wants to be on site. He wants to go to class because that's what he's seen. But in the case of my brother, he, he's a, a liver recipient and um, mm-hmm. be careful with disease and um, he has exposure absolutely so they're torn you know they're 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 like in my mind of course it's a no-brainer you're gonna have to homeschool them but at the same time you have this child who deserves to go to school he wants to go and and you know what we do as parents and grandparents we because we want the kids to adjust to school we build it up so we get them ready and go to school, we go to kindergarten, preschool. It's like we hype that thing up big time. We get them ready so that they feel, so the adjustment is smooth. So that's what's happened with oh, yeah. 
did. You know, he's bought into it. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, so they got, they have a dilemma, you know, they're going to have to uh, strategically, you don't want to impact him negatively, uh, the grandson. Um, but you, at the same time, you can't risk, you know, my brother has to think about his health. Now that isn't our, uh, it's not that dire at our house. I don't know if dire is the right word to use, but. But, 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 but wait a minute, before you go there though, Teresa though, what I'm thinking about with these parents at home with their kid, to be honest, when my son was probably got about in ninth grade, I wasn't even capable of doing the math classes. And the, well, I, so, I mean, I was not even on his level to help him with that. Well, so, you, you did really good because it happened for me in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, because we're on air. I was just trying to make myself sound smarter in math. But, I mean, you know, I mean, really, I do yeah. for these parents. Well, absolutely, there's that. There yeah. is yeah. that because you do have to be able to, to step in there. There was a gentleman um, that I worked with who said that with his, he, 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 he and his wife have decided um, to, Keep their kids at home but they're going to be doing zoom classes like the teacher is going to be teaching even at the i'm not talking college level i'm talking still school age kids via zoom and i don't know if my uh brother and sister-in-law have that as an option i believe that they're going to have to take on that role of teacher you know wow. and, you know home and teaching yeah. you know that's a lot. Um, right. That's peace. One good thing that my company has done is made a benefit, uh, a new benefit where full-time workers can um, work part-time while school is in session oh, so that they can and teach their oh. kids. Oh, that is good. That's good. And, yeah. And so that, that is an awesome, I think that's, and they don't lose any of their full-time benefits, their health care. None of those things are impacted. The only thing is that their hours are going to be part-time while they're teaching. Well, that's, that's good because um, companies are going to have to make some concessions. They're going to have to try to work with parents because what I'm hearing from friends who have school-age kids is that that's what's freaking them out. How in the world am I going to manage my job, you know, and do this too? And so it's just, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. Hopefully the company will allow them to do do that um, the same as what my company is doing uh, allowing them to do some part-time it, it 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 is real and it's a but different what, what about you guys so what's going on with your your situation with that well you know the school is they 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 finished last semester from home but now they're requiring the kids to be on campus it will still be a hybrid situation where some of the classes will be taken from the classroom, from the from their dorm rooms, but then they have to report um, to some classes. And I'm just guessing, like labs and things of that nature that you can't do online are the so ones. It's not is not an either either or where you get a choice. They're requiring the so wow, Ooh, okay. Yeah, they're requiring, and um, like I heard about one. Um, I'm not saying that my daughter's school is doing this um but at some point they were posting on the website information about impacted people in the community 
the school community itself, and they're no longer doing that. And I, I actually heard from on a news story that a football player mentioned to, I don't know, it got to the media somehow that the majority of the team were suffering from COVID and they suspended him from play. They, it, they're in some schools, they're trying to keep it quiet. I mean, I don't get. Well, yeah, because, you know, there was an incident where a young lady took a picture of her high school in Georgia. Did you see that? And where the hallway was crowded, the students didn't have a mask and they were just a bunch of them in there. And she took that picture. I think initially they took some type of disciplinary action and then they revoked it and didn't do anything to her. But there is this attempt to censure this information from getting out there. And that, and that I don't understand. That I don't understand because then they take away your ability to make the best decision for you. Right, right. <laughs> right? So if you're going to have on, on-site classrooms and and you're going to give an option then let me have all the information so that I can make the best decision I, I, I don't get that I don't I don't understand that it just it just blows my mind and I don't know that that is exactly what's happening at at my daughter's school or not but um, certainly you know when you're seeing information and then you stop seeing information it does make you pause and question um, um, what's going on there? But she, you know, we've we've told her it's up to her. She can make the decision on her own. We support her the way. I personally don't want her to go back because it's too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's within the state, it's too far for her to be ill, and I can't get to her. And I I, I know that even um, with, if if something were to happen to her, um, I couldn't see her anyway. But it it's just even scarier to know that she'll be in a different a different uh, part far away but so many parents have already all of the athletes who are in session who are in season um, at the first semester they've already reported to campus so um, there's there's a number of students that are already there but um, I just heard that there's a university in in uh, Washington DC where they said on-site 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 students start arriving COVID started breaking out and now they've gone, they've reversed and said, hey, we're going to shift now back to at home. And when you do that, think about the, the money that's, that's lost. Right, right. Travel, you know, right, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, and I get it. I mean, I think all of these schools have the best intention. I, I get it. They are doing everything that they can to keep these kids safe. But what they don't factor in is that they're still kids. <laughs> they're not, they're still kids. And, right. they, and, and so many of the children. Well, uh, they're kids and they're kids that have been missing each other and missing that environment. And so no matter how many protocols or, you know, restrictions you put up there at the end of the day, when they get back together, people are going to start reverting to some behavior that they're comfortable with because they're, I mean, think about how we're feeling as adults and missing friends and missing our usual activities. And then when, when people get a chance to be removed a bit from those restrictions, your natural inclination is to let your guard down a bit. Relax because we have been under such stress since March. 
since March. And uh, and I'll tell you, um, this isn't this is regarding an adult, um, um, a woman that my mom is friends with. She's actually my age. Um, we actually went to high school together, but she and my mom um, um, are acquaintances. This this lady um, had been in the house since March, literally. Her husband works outside of the house, yeah. and he was doing all the grocery shopping. Yeah. He taking care of all all the errands because he had to go out. She remained in the house and decided to go out, just wanted to go out one day to go to the grocery store. In that trip, she got COVID. Yes. What? Yeah. Yeah. That was the only time she could, her husband doesn't have it. And he's the one that's in and out of the house and has been since March. He'd never stopped going to work. His job never his job never closed down because of it. And, um, yeah, she got it. She went to the grocery store and it's like, you know, (laughs) and and, and I only said that because of what you said about, you know, the inclination is to you, you, your guard is down when you get into the situation is for her because she's been in the house this whole time. What I'm not blaming her for her getting it, but something, some misstep, I mean, happened for her to, how did she get exposed? She was wearing a mask. I mean, how did, how did that happen to her? Right, right. Well, you know, I tell you, when I think about the adults and how we're all managing this, but, you know, my, my concern isn't as big as yours with your daughter going back to school, but I, I look at my little granddaughter and before all of this, when she was out with people, she wasn't fearful of strangers, really, you know, she was very engaging with people. And I noticed the last time I saw her that she was fearful of strangers, you know, it's like cowering behind her mom. And I thought, you know, that's from not being out and not being in, not seeing strangers and not being out and and, and, in public places. And I'm beginning to think about the impact on the little kids and their development, social development, in terms of, you know, how are they going to adjust to getting back into public activities when they have, their little world has just been their main caregivers. And sometimes kids, when they get isolated like that, they become more fearful of being well, around strangers. And so I looked at that and thought, we are all being impacted at, at various ages, various stages by what we are now experiencing in this pandemic. I can't remember which state, but I was I played a little clip of a um, lawmaker who was saying that um, we have to get the kids back to school for that very reason we have to get them to some yeah we're 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 fighting about wearing a mask we're fighting about you know jobs businesses being open but no one's thinking about the children i'm I'm thinking about it i i saw that i mean i could tell the difference and that that's not her but when you take a child and you only you isolate them that's going to change them Mm-hmm. The little ones. Yeah. I mean, Lou, and for me, I'm a very social person. It has changed me. <laughs> oh, and so I can only imagine they don't know they don't even know how to navigate those feelings. Exactly. They don't 
they can't articulate them. They yeah. don't, it, 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 when, when that gentleman said what he said, I was like, I get it now. Yeah. I rush to get these kids right. back. I get it for that reason. Right. But and, after, yeah, we got to figure figure out how. Well, right. And nobody's immune because I don't know if you saw, but this week, former first lady, Michelle Obama, talked about having low-key depression. I mean, the former first lady, and we're talking about a lady who has done so much, has such a rich life and full life, but that doesn't protect you from the ravages of this isolation in the midst of COVID, the racial injustice, the unrest, the unemployment, the fact that there's no vaccine, that we, we might even be able to better manage if we had an end date in sight, if we sort of knew when we were coming out of it. But the, the low-key depression or the feelings that we're experiencing is because we don't see any relief. And uh, the lack of leadership at the federal level, we've got the elections out there and the uncertainty. It's just, and, and then, it's, too it's, it's too much. And then when you throw in on a personal level, the fact that you may have a family member sick, a family member that died, you can't even go and say your goodbyes. So all of this is happening. And so when, when she said that, I was like, yeah, uh-huh, I'm feeling the same way. I, I, and I'm fighting it. And, you know, we, we all hear about what we do, do, what we're supposed to be doing, doing during this time to try to fight that. And I'm trying to follow all of the protocols. But, you know, you get weary. It is a lot. Get weary. And I have to admit that um, somehow in my mind, I know this isn't the flu. I mean, I would be a crazy person to think that, mm -hmm. um, but I somehow thought that once summer hit, that it would go away, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it got worse. Yeah. You know? And so I was thinking that just get through this, just get to the summer, just get to June, get to July and but this will be better. But then, and I'm like, well, maybe it won't. And it didn't. Well, and let me tell you what is really um, just weighing on me, and and I'm thankful that you know our income hasn't been impacted. But I'm looking at all of the people who are unemployed or who lost income during this period, and that when you look at that, I don't care if you feel like you know, yeah, I still can pay my bills. That is seeping into my spirit. I'm looking at this thinking. Oh my God, in the midst of dealing with all of this, so you don't have enough money, you may be evicted. And so you feel that also, the weight of that, of you know, people you care about going through all of this at the same time. I can't even imagine where I am mentally trying to hang on. And then if I would, were to get something in the mail saying, you know, there, there's a moratorium on evictions now, thank God. But, um, and I'm thankful for that, but you're still wondering, I still wonder about the implications. Will that lapse? How long will that last? All of that. There's the concern about the $600, you know, extra that people were receiving. Where are we with the new stimulus, you know, the relief package? So you're thinking about all of that constantly. I'm watching the news all the time. I have to turn it off. 
I can't turn that stuff off. That's I I can't I can't watch the news constantly. And I've gotten to where I, I mean I just watch it on my I just pull up stories on my computer or my phone. I don't read it constantly because it will bring you down. But you said something and you know, I'm so thankful that they're they're putting a moratorium on evictions because that would be tragic. But but think about that home, that person who owns that home or that property. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Don't think I don't think about that, right? Yeah, they they're that puts them in a spot. That puts them in a spot, and then it's just like with anything else. With the good comes the bad. There will be people who will use this situation to manipulate. You know, so you know. Because yeah. that, that's what people, that's what people do if they're intent on doing that. To your point, actually, I have a friend that has a rental property and the people aren't paying because of the moratorium. And, and it is impacting her family. Financially. Well, see, and, and there, there, there are people, you, you expect people who, you expect people to be stewards of their bills, right? You expect them to continue to pay if they can. But there are people who are seeing this opportunity, like you said, and taking advantage of it. And that's where I was going um, with the story about the $600. There are some people who feel like, on this news story, I saw small business owners are feeling, the ones that have been able to get back and open their doors are feeling like they can't get help because the right, amount. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. I know people who are doing better. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's catch-22, and honestly, I'm too afraid to do things like that. I I, I, I think about karma. Like, if I, I I don't know that I take it, I I don't know. I just, I I want people who need help to get it, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm grateful. I'm very thankful, and I'm so absolutely grateful that I have a job that I can work from home yeah. because I where we, where we would be otherwise, you know? Oh, and I know, Teresa, I know. But I there's no answer. That, that's the other thing. There's no answers and there's no quick fix for this thing. It's and just... And no end inside, you know? Yeah. And so, and then, as we try to deal with all of that, we have another incident. Did you hear about that in Aurora where they stopped this family? Lord have mercy. Them on the ground, handcuffed. You know what, Lou? I guarantee you, were that a white aunt they would not have. They they handcuffed the babies. Teenager. Was she 12? I, I mean, think it was 12, a 17-year-old and a younger one, and the mom, I think. Yeah, and they were just going to get their nails done. They mm. were having girls day out. I was about to say, think about that, Teresa. You've got daughters. Now, well, you, I've got nieces, but that's so special. That's yeah. a girl's day. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, and a simple apology just doesn't, Cut it. Just think about the trauma that was brought on those girls. Yeah. The what happened that day, I pray to God it doesn't, but it could negatively impact them for the rest of their lives. But I pray that it doesn't. I pray that they do get counseling and that, you know, it doesn't impact them negatively. But 
I can't even imagine. They pull guns on them. They pull, they pull guns on them. And then I read that this protocol when there's a stolen car that you are, you are That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to talk about because this, this, um, this week I saw something on, I don't know, something, some of the social media. This young white girl was talking about how um, she was a waitress and there was this black, a group of black patrons come in the restaurant and her fellow waitress, white, told her, you know, I hate you got to wait on them or something because they're, I, I already know you're not going to get a good tip. And so, but the first waitress said, no, it's okay. You know, they're in my section. It's fine. So she went over, she was on, you know, on her A game, waiting on them, getting them what they needed. And she waited on this group of black patrons. And when they left, they had about a $200 bill, but they gave her a tip of like $130. Mm. They said to her, you were great the whole time and thank you. And, but what she said, the other waitress said to her was what we know they teach in the restaurant industry about us as black patrons that we don't want to pay, we don't want to tip. This is taught, okay? This is something that's in, that is a part of that, the culture, if you will, of the restaurant industry. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is a problem. But I thought about that in the context of what happened in Aurora, thinking it, it, is, it is beyond a bad cop. It is something they are being taught. The police are being taught in terms of how to approach people of color when there is an incident. This isn't just happening in isolated cases. This is part of the curriculum, if you will, for standard police procedure, because this wouldn't happen otherwise. But, but Lou, st- discernment. Don't you have to have some sort of discernment? And you're I mean, right. You're right. But, no, but Oh yeah. Oh, well, you're right because at the end of the day, you should you be able to use the brain cells you have. I get that, but I'm saying that this is something that the the part of the solution has to be the training itself. What the officers are being told, they need to look at the training, the development, how they are preparing these officers because something is very wrong. It is. It's at the it, core, and it's happening yeah. too much that you're not going to convince me that they're not being taught this. So something's wrong with the protocol is my point. I mean, I'm not in law enforcement, but that just, that just tells me, because just as that waitress was saying, and we know it happens, people have different rules. Race. What was that? It happens no matter the race with those types of tips, you know? Right. But Oh, yeah, of course. But... I, I do know that this happens because I've had friends and family members that have been in restaurants and they say, this is what they are being told about us as patrons. And yeah. then you get the, um, you know, you get the less than standard treatment. You don't get oh. on, all of that. You know, we, we went into a restaurant. I'm going to try to make this really quick. We, we drove to Connecticut. We arrived really late. Beyond dinner time, it was about, we, we arrived about six or so. By the time we got settled and we were going to get dinner, it might have been about eight. So it was a, a late dinner. But we went to a very nice restaurant on the water, seafood mm-hmm. restaurant, where 
um, you know, the, the average plate cost was, I don't know, $25, mm-hmm. right? Um, my sister-in-law ordered a, uh, uh, a platter, a seafood platter, and it was fried. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband ordered the same platter, but he wanted his steamed mm-hmm. and grilled. He didn't, want, he didn't want fried. And the first thing was the, the waitress was like, when he said, I want the same platter, but can you do it steamed? Mm-hmm. Her reaction was like, really? You want, you, you want steamed versus fried, right? Like we thought, what was that about? So she took the order. She took our orders. <clears throat> they brought bread to the table. And then they brought, the, they brought her platter and her husband's platter. They both had the fried. Now, when I tell you, it was the bottom of the barrel. It was crumbs. It was, and we're looking at this family right next to us had the same thing, Caucasian family. It was fried and it was fluffy and it was big shrimp. It was big, whatever else, fish, whatever else on platter. And which is why she ordered it because she saw theirs and she thought, that looks right. Anyway, um, I was like, you're not going to eat that. And she goes, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I was like, that's fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. We're not going to eat that. So I, you know, the waitress came back over, and I said, um, that you need to take that back. She's not going to. That's that's just bad. That that looks nothing alike. And then she made the comment about it being close to closing, and actually the place closed at ten. We had a couple of out. They had a couple of people were still coming in, right? Right. And so fine no problem you can take that back and we're just going to not have anything right so then they brought the platter that uh robert had and it was missing things because she was then they were like oh well we can't long story short they were just giving us really bad service so i was like okay we're we're just gonna go we're not going to, we're not going to, we don't want to, we don't want to pay for this. We're not paying for this and we're just going to leave. And that's what I told the girl, right? We're leaving. And she called her man, the manager, the acting manager over and they were like, Oh, you're going to have to pay for this. And, yeah. And I didn't want, I was speaking up because I didn't want Robert to get upset because <laughs> then it would be a whole different other yeah. scene. Yeah. And so I was like, this, would you eat this? <laughs> you know, we're not eating this and we're not paying for this. And we've traveled, we're tired. Um, uh, uh, um, Takiya was upset, you know, and um, she was hungry and it was just a bad scene. And we, we just wanted to get out of there. Right. And so the guy called the cops on us. <gasps> oh, what? Teresa, you never told me that. The police came, and the the guy came. He was big, bad Billy detective guy, cop guy, and he was like, "You, you." They gave us the free bread, and we ate that. I said, "We didn't order bread," and that that was that was bread that they put on the table. We didn't order that. And he was the like, "You're." The- oh, the cop came. He was like, "You're gonna have to pay for this," and blah 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 blah. You know, you got to pay for this, and so. Um, we, I offered them my credit card. 
I said, you know, I had American Express. I said, take, take you, okay, take the card. Because I didn't want any trouble for Robert and my sister-in-law's husband. Right. I, I didn't want any trouble. I said, just take the card and I'll take care of it. And when I said that, I probably shouldn't have said that. Because my mind, you take my American Express, I'm calling American oh, Express. Oh, yeah, they'll handle it. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I knew where you were going with that. I was like, I wasn't worried about it either. Go yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the little girl said, the little girl said, um, um, she's just going to cancel that. She's just going to cancel it. That's what she said. Right. Cause I said, I'll take care of it. I probably shouldn't have said that. And so the cop told us we had to give them cash. And I said, absolutely not. And that's when Robert got involved. I was like, please calm down. I said, you have that you accept American express upon entering this this company, right? By this time, another couple of cars come up, and two more police cars come up. Oh. And this, but this one was the boss of the guy who was treating us really bad. And I explained to him what happened. And I said, you can walk over there and look at the food if they haven't taken it off the table. We're not paying for that. And the guy said, and I said, they're forcing us to pay for food we did not eat or could not eat. So, and I said, I offered them a payment a form of payment that they refused to take and telling us that we have to give them cash. And the cop said, what is the problem? If you, if they've offered you payment and you're refusing to take the, the, the payment, what is the problem? And so they, they took the car and, and he apologized to us and he let us go on our way. And by the time I, before I got to my car, I called American Express and I said, this is what happened to us in a in a an establishment that accepts your card yeah, yeah. And so they told me don't worry about it they told me not to worry about because they charged me. they charged me for that for the for the meals they did and um american express took care of it i didn't have to pay a dime um and 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 the way things work the next time we went to connecticut and we drove by that establishment it was closed out of business but that happened to us and it happened to us because we were black people and we were the okay. only people in that restaurant. They literally called the cops on us. They called the cops and refused to take my form of payment when they, when they were forcing us to make a payment for things that we couldn't eat, didn't eat, and they wouldn't have ate. Well, folks, let me tell you. We're going to end on that because if that can happen to Teresa and her family, they're pretty prim and proper. That'll happen to anybody. Oh, that is terrible. Oh, yeah. It, it happened. It really, it really happened. And that cop was getting very aggressive with Robert. And I was like, please, just let me talk. I, I, you know, just please, you know. Yeah. 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 It was awful. It was scary. It was awful. And I was mad. I was so mad. Yes, you, you're angry, and then you just feel so powerless dealing you with do. these people. Because they treat you as if you're not even an equal, like you're not. Right. right. And honestly, I can tell you, all of us, we're smarter than them. Oh, I'm sure. Than any of them, because what they were saying was stupid. They yeah. only had the law behind them. And if that cop hadn't shown up, I wouldn't have given them anything. I'd have just walked out. And had they not called the cops on us, yeah. I would not have given them anything. And the cop, he was just this little bitty short man, shorter even than us. Mm -hmm. and 
I'm sure it was just a syndrome. He was just going to make us. He was, I'm so thankful Robert's brothers weren't there because it would have totally been a different other thing. That's what we struggle with in these situations because I can't even imagine in Aurora that mom, but you're thinking about, I don't need this to escalate because you're looking out for your family members. I mean, you know, I do it the same thing when we're out with, was, with my husband and brothers. It's like, wait, 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 I, because I don't want this to go badly, you know, because this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna do us any good. Somebody's gonna end up hurt, dead or in jail, something. And uh, you're constantly thinking about that. That's, that's, that's at the forefront of my reaction. It's like, yeah. wait a minute, at the end of the day, I want us to be able to go home. Safe. And, um, yeah. And I'm hard, yeah. So, so yeah, you, you got all of that in the midst of um, just, just trying to make it and just praying that we get through this somehow by the grace of God. So, um, but anyway, that's what we have today, folks. We, uh, we're hoping you stay safe and stay well and uh, do what you can to stay mentally strong as we go through this. Because you know, here it earrings off. When we know better, we certainly do better. Take good care. <laughs>